healthcare is broken, and the healthcare industry is not going to fix itself. Reconstructing Healthcare is a podcast series where we interview the rebel entrepreneurs working tirelessly to disrupt the health insurance marketplace. Join us as we break down everything that's wrong with the current healthcare system and provide you with a blueprint to create better results. Now, here's your host, Michael Maneri. Hello, this is Michael Maneri, and I want to welcome everyone to the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast. Uh, today, our guest is Mike Pullman from Apta Health. Mike, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Michael. I really appreciate it. You bet. So here's the game plan. Uh, what we seek to do on this show is educate our audience on non-traditional approaches to either lower health care costs or improve value for employees. Sound like something you want to help with? Sounds great. It's right in our wheelhouse. It sure is. It sure is. To get us started, I'm going to read a brief bio about you and app to health so the audience has a little bit of context about who they're listening to, and uh, then we'll jump into it. Mike Pullman is the founder and president of Apta Health, a provider of care coordination and cost containment solutions designed to optimize self-funded healthcare programs to manage costs while maintaining excellent care for their members. As the president, Mike is responsible for the strategic direction and overall growth, as well as the development and operational execution of business strategy. Mike began his career in 1998 with Intermountain Benefit Administrators, a regional Colorado-based company specializing in unbundled self-funded programs, and then subsequently worked for Maritain Health, where he learned firsthand the inner workings of third-party administrators, prescription benefit managers, risk management, and cost containment strategies. Since then, Mike has started a number of companies in the employee benefit space, all focused on self-insured solutions. Mike is active in his community and serves on the board of directors for multiple organizations, including Seeing is Believing, a nonprofit organization that provides glasses and eye health education to families and orphans in Cambodia. Mike earned his bachelor's degree in accounting from Utah University and is based in Inglewood, Colorado. All right, Mike, anything uh, I missed there that you'd like to add? No, don't care for bios much, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... You are a serial entrepreneur, have launched a number of different companies in the healthcare administration space. Tell us a little bit about Mike Pullman and you know how you got into the industry and, and got started as an entrepreneur in this space. Well, Michael, that's uh, that's been a journey. I mean, insurance kind of finds you, doesn't it? Sure does. The reality is, is that I actually started as an accountant. Um, I came out of school with an accounting degree and started as a controller for an ad agency and learned a lot about business and the inner workings that way. But uh, when it came to time to really figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, I, I, I knew I was a salesman at heart and I actually took this job with Intermountain Benefit Administrators where they did kind of mild version of unbundling self-funded plans. You know, what's funny, when I, when I first started in the industry, I showed up for my first day of work. This was not a traditional place. But I literally came to that organization. They didn't have anything in my my office, but a phone book and a phone, not oh, a God. desk or a chair. And uh, and they just basically said, hey, get to work. So I, I got to learn this industry literally from the ground up. Like there was no training. The owner of the company actually took me out to two appointments, a renewal and a new business sales opportunity bought me an Arby's roast beef sandwich and said, now, now you've been trained. So um, anyhow, the, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I got to learn through trial and error, everything about this industry. I learned where every penny was. I learned uh, so many wonderful things and grew up a very sizable book of business. And then he got uh, the owner of that company got into mergers and acquisitions and ended up selling to a company called Performax. 
that became CBSA Performax because of the TPA relationship we had at the time. And all of that was then purchased by Maritain. So I sat in the same chair and I saw a lot. I saw a lot of transactions happen. I saw a lot of behavior and I was never intended to be part of a TPA. That all happened very quickly. So I exercised my right to uh, the two-year witness protection program in the non-compete environment. <laughs> and, uh, and I started with a whiteboard. I was able to sit there and say, hey, you know, my entrepreneurial spirit, I had eight years at that time in the industry where I could say, how would I change things? I very much looked at it from an employer standpoint first. And so took everything else away. And in the whiteboard, I said, look, what are the things that are wrong? There's misaligned incentives. There's all these things that plague these employers from getting what they really should get. And so that's when we started Novo Benefits and started a platform where we could allow an employer and empower them to be able to get direct contracts and unbundle their program properly. We became an aggregator as we've done that. And we believe in complete transparency. We have transparency statements and all our stuff so we can be trusted with our broker partners and with the employer groups we work to service together jointly. It's really been a fun run. And and then, you know, what's happened is over time as we've grown, we've identified all these areas of weakness in the in the marketplace. Just kind of like your podcast, you're interviewing all these great solutions. There's incredible solutions out there, but there isn't always people that know how to integrate those or have spent Correct. 20 years blazing the trail to be able to get this done. And so we really are pride ourselves in our abilities to implement solutions that are complex and bring them together. That's led us to Fortune 500 solutions coming down to the mid-market. We've become an aggregator for many things, including app to health which is basically Quantum's chassis in the national level brought to the mid-market. And we've done things with prescriptions and other engagement chassis with NavRx and these other entities. But we're just constantly looking for how we can really change the industry and empower employer groups now to be able to get what they've been looking for. That's great. And we're going to, we're going to dive a little bit more into, you know, all the, all the great things that uh, Apta Health is doing, but I always like to start these interviews out at the macro level and talk about it from a, a bird's eye view. You know, there was a recent article from the Kaiser Family Foundation that points out that U.S. recently spent uh, in 2018 10637 per capita on healthcare, And that was 48% more than comparable countries out there. And so that tells us we have a cost problem, but we also have a consumer experience problem. Another article from the Los Angeles Times uh, indicated 67% of American people say it's difficult for them to figure out what a treatment or procedure will cost them. 44% they'd have difficulty determining what they would actually have to pay. And 40% had problems figuring out what was even covered. With that context, you know, what do you think are the key issues, you know, with our current healthcare delivery and payment system today? Oh my goodness, there's so many areas that have been broken. Our, our industry is one. I mean, they're 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 making, you know, they're making changes right now with executive orders to try and bring greater transparency into the marketplace. You really don't have any type of you know, consumer good that you purchase that is is like this. I mean, yeah. you're going into a blind and none of the networks want you to know what the discounts are or what the real payments are. They want to hide all of that. It's, it's really a game of smoke and mirrors and has been one of the foundational things that I felt is wrong with the industry. Then you'll add to that the misaligned incentives. Everybody's out to make money and that's not a bad thing, but it is when you're not willing to play by rules or play and be transparent about it. And so I'm firmly against that, as you can tell by my, in my intro is that I believe that we should be transparent. We should earn what we, you know, what we should get, but hiding fees and revenues and those kinds of things, it just doesn't seem to be a great place for 
for that in, in really bringing transparency to the marketplace. So I, I think misaligned incentives, the dark side of money <laughs> is, is really a bad thing. The inducement to do bad behaviors, the conglomerates and the monopolies out there oftentimes are causing some of this. And there's a lot of people that they have a wink, wink, nod, nod, where they agree that, hey, we're taking advantage of a layer of revenue streams. Let's just all collude here. You know, that happens particularly with the prescription side of things. Oh, yeah. let's, let's collude here to make sure that nobody can actually get to the real pricing and that way we can stay fat and happy. So there's just a lot of areas where it's been great to be able to try and, and really chisel away at that and find you know, really neat ways in which we can really get innovative to bring greater transparency to members so that they can actually see what their costs would be, make better decisions and not be bound just by these networks. So, you know, app to health, you're not a TPA, you're not a PBM, and you've mentioned the word aggregator. So, so tell us, you know, tell our audience, you know, what is the app to health product and service and what, what problems are you attempting to solve? Michael, not that many years ago, if you heard care coordination and navigation, that wouldn't have meant much to you. That's kind of a new surge in the industry. About eight years ago, I actually was frustrated with the engagement levels of the TPAs that we were working with. We were seeing five to eight percent member engagement, whether it's through an ASO you know, or a TPA. They were just not getting member engagement. And so you'd have an annual open enrollment meeting. Right. And you'd hope that the members or payroll stuffers, right, like we're really going to be able to move the needle with those two vehicles. Right. And that's what we were doing. Can you imagine five percent of the members calling in? That's so bad. I mean, that, that's Terrible. not even close to a, a passing grade. And so I, I looked at that and I said, look, there's these Fortune 500 type companies like Quantum Health that are getting 61 percent member engagement. I mean, they're not even in the same stratosphere. Right. What are they doing? And so you go out there and you're like, wow, this is awesome. This is what the big guys get, right? This is where the Allstates get this, the Hertz rental cars. All these guys get to use this type of a system. But the mid-market is constantly lacking in those areas. And so as an aggregator, what our goal has been is to bring aggregate level pricing and make those solutions that they want to elephant hunt with those solutions. But what we did is we actually created app to health which is technically one group to quantum but it has over 90 employer groups in it, right? So they look at it as one big Allstate, right? But really what it is, is it's actually a bunch of employer groups that have come together under one pod structure that drives that engagement. So now we can offer to the mid-market the member engagement that these other Fortune 500s are getting. And that's really what the vision of being an aggregator for Quantum and others has been is to bring these solutions down to the mid-market so that they can benefit from the same things that that these large companies do. The thought about, you know, bringing innovation to the the middle market, because really, you know, the middle market's underserved. And, and it, it, as I define the middle market, I think of it as a thousand employees and, and less. You know, we've actually had Quantum, you know, on this show. So let's spend some time talking about the Quantum care coordination model and, and, and what it means, you know, to an employer and, and to their employees. Talk to me a little bit about how it's different per se from a typical insurance carrier model or, or customer service experience. Michael, you and I can agree on a, probably a lot of things that we've heard this used a lot over the years in self-funded plans particularly, but disease management, case management, utilization management. We talked already about the call center getting so little engagement, but really a lot of these other vehicles have just not been working well. 
disease management, quite frankly, when you actually go back and look at that, for the most part, because of when they're doing their engagement, you might as well have just been burning your money. It was literally marching down and acting like we were going to do something, but not delivering on it. And there's been a lot of hollow promises and employers look at their data over time. They start like, they got to the point where they're like, why am I paying for this? You know, we've seen the same thing with certain wellness solutions, all these different things where it's like, bring in the marching bands. We're going to fix healthcare with this new thing. The execution is so poor, it would never get there. Right. And so what's so unique about this model is, is that we've taken that away from those that really have proven that they can't do well with it. Right. And what we've done is we've empowered that. So utilization management, case management, disease management, all those functionalities are now done by one pod that actually has. We have a structure where there's 30 members together and they work simultaneously side by side. So a nurse is sitting right next to the person and taking the inbound calls and they can bring them into the call in real time. It's not brick and mortar silos, right? And then what we've done is we've actually brought these solutions. So now when the member has a real issue, right, we can not only help them through all those traditional models, right, but we can point them now to the solutions that the employer picks and promote those, not in an enrollment meeting once a year, but in real time. And it's that engagement and real-time intercept that has actually driven the quantum model, but has allowed us, because of all the aggregate solutions we bring together, to be able to promote things. We're, we're taking the, the quantum model was, is amazing, right? But what's really, if, if a lot of people say apt is just quantum, it's not. We are a conglomerate of all these other solutions. We're getting better results than quantum gets. And we've been validated by the Validation Institute and others because we're bringing these point solutions into the mid-market. They've been taken advantage of, as you said before. And now they're actually getting the engagement that can drive these solutions to greater productivity. We're getting 200% better engagement than these point solutions without the right. traditional model. I want to get to that that engagement piece because it's so important and it's it's so relevant to the solution. But I do you want to spend some time, a little bit more time on how members are actually engaging with with the care coordinators? Because in this model, right, you've you've essentially carved out the traditional customer service unit of a TPA or an insurance carrier. And so describe to me, you've mentioned it a couple of times, the, the pod structure and who the pod structure is taking calls from. Cause it's not just the employees, right? They're also getting inquiries from anybody who's verifying eligibility, correct? Yes. This is where the industries had breakdowns, right? If you look at the traditional models, they were always set up with completely different brick and mortar. So provider calls would come into one facility and they would deal with provider inquiries, right? The the employee calls would come into another call center, right? And then you would be transferred completely different brick and mortar building to talk to a nurse. Or frankly, they might just firewall that and the nurse will call you if we need to get in touch with you, right? I mean, so broken, so fragmented, and, and it was really not good for the member at all, right? What was interesting is, is at Quantum Health, when they started out, they basically interviewed, right? They interviewed all these members and tracked them through two years of their member journey, right? 3,200 members. They interviewed 290 physicians to figure out where all the gaps were, yeah. okay? That, that's actually the DNA foundation of Quantum Health and why they were able to do what they started to do. And they started to realize, hey, these payers are not getting it done right. They're creating all these gaps between the providers. If you got the providers and the payers together on the same page, you could actually drive the member experience and really create some pretty amazing synergies. They've proven that over 17 years, okay? Not just with their engagements, but with the results, right? And so the key here is the provider inquiry and the member inquiries all coming into the same number. 
Okay. The same brick and mortar, right? Yep. The reality is, is you should have that. And so the, everybody that's not doing that is really missing a lion's share of what should be happening. Yep. Okay. And so I think one of the things that I always try to help people understand is that when you go into the doctor's office, say you're going into a specialist, Michael, right? And you're saying, okay, I'm going to go in there. The first thing you do when you get there, what does the front desk ask you for? Can I see your insurance card? You want to see your insurance card. Okay. What do you think they're doing with your insurance card while you're in there seeing the doctor? Verifying that you have coverage. They're verifying that you have coverage. Okay. That was just a monotonous task and something that None of the ASOs, none of the carriers, none of the TPAs were doing anything with, right? They were waiting for predictive analytics downstream and way downstream. If anybody looked at what they were really doing, it was so far downstream, it didn't have its chance in Hades of helping with disease management. Worthless. 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 Burn your money, right? So what's so unique is, is that now you have an engagement engine where this pod is not only using the data, real-time data. Oh, this provider called in to verify benefits on this surgery benefit. I now know that you as a member are meeting with this specialist about this. Yep. I know I need to reach out to you. So their algorithms allow them 34% of their calls are outbound. Now I'm catching you and intercepting you in real time with a team of experts that can help guide you through that condition. Look for second opinions, look for all the right things to be able to get you where you need to go. That was not being done in the health insurance industry until quantum came on the scene and they transformed the industry because now everybody's speaking quantum talk. There's plenty of copycats out there for sure. But I think that is just such a huge difference that the care coordinators are that that pod team is getting that intake call because to your point, they're able to, you know, understand, you know, what services the member's looking for, but make them aware. Maybe they have more cost effective alternatives out there that maybe they're just not aware of. Michael, you've never seen somebody struggle with their claims issues, have you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The hidden bills, we talk about that and, you know, the politicians are talking about these things too, right? You go and have a surgery, you didn't realize five people touched you. You thought you just went into one place, right? Yeah. yeah. And you see all these bills, they help with the bill side of things, right? They're running into a pharmacy problem. They don't understand why this isn't getting covered, right? They run interference with the prescription side of the equation with the PBM. They run interference with the point solutions and promote them in real time. Oh, I now know that you're having this condition. Did you know these other services or these other products are available to you? And they educate them on them and, and, and marry those up, right, in real time. You're cognitively, most of these people on this journey have shut down. They just found out they had cancer. You're intercepting them on their very worst day, right? They're not even thinking straight. In fact, many of them need a caregiver to actually make these calls because they don't even, they're not even there. They're not even there, you know? And so what's beautiful is, is to have a nurse in real time, be able to take over and disciplines in these different verticals like dialysis or oncology, or these different nurses can come to the rescue in real time to be able to give them the information they need. And so that they know actually how to navigate that. You have people reaching out to them, but let's say they have a conversation with somebody and, you know, two weeks later, they have another question. In our traditional structure, what would happen is you call a 1-800 number. The likelihood that you would get the same person that you talked to last time is probably nil, right? So in the pod model, right, if, you know, if I talked with Susie in the pod two weeks ago about a certain, you know, condition, would I be able to connect back with Susie and, and, and have her recognize, Oh, it's, it's Michael. And, and we just had this conversation two weeks ago. Would I be able to reach out to Susie? 
Absolutely. In fact, they even go beyond that because they want the patient care guides, these nurses, to actually be for an entire family. Because you can have Susie be not on the same page with mom, right? right? They can have different conditions. We actually need to work together with the entire family. So they actually want those connections to thrive. And therefore, they actually establish that so that you actually develop a relationship with them. You have to develop this trust. If you can't get to that trust level, okay, if it's just a dial-in get what you get. It never works out. This is a relationship, a trust thing. It's using technology, but it's it's the human element that actually makes the difference. Yeah. And gosh, maybe we should just stop the interview there. I mean, relate, <laughs> re, relationship. Oh my like, gosh. When has there ever been a relationship with traditional, you know, insurance carrier customer service? If anything, it was the opposite. It was, it was painful. It was a headache to do anything. So what this is, this is really... This is really an advocate for that member, dependent or, or employee. If you go to Quantum's facilities, you'll see that they are—they consider themselves culturally healthcare warriors. We're here to battle for you, right? I mean, they have a warrior creed. The culture there, we invite employers and broker partners to come from all over every year to come to see the facility, see the pods, hear these calls, right? We want them to experience this. It's been hard with COVID. We've had to do that. You know, we've gotten creative during COVID, but the reality is, is that that culture is the same culture that comes through on the phones and allows these members to feel that. And so they're literally fighting for you. We have stories of crazy stuff, behavioral health issues where people just can't find a place. Yeah, We, we had one nurse that spent 34 calls before she found a place for this guy to get admitted, right? Wow. Saved his life. And, they, and these letters are phenomenal, but the stuff that they do is not traditional. It's not scripted. It's none of the stuff that you're used to, but they're basically there for the member and they're fighting for them. That is so different than what we've seen. Let me give you a, a personal example here. And I, and I want you to tell me how it would have been different in the quantum model. So I, I recently had to have a simple outpatient procedure, but when it came time to provide, find a provider, I had a lot of difficulty. I mean, I'm in the industry, right? <laughs> I'm an educated consumer. I had a lot of difficulty finding cost and quality information to help me, you know, pick someone who could perform this outpatient procedure for me. And ultimately what I had to do is I actually had to go and, you know, work with a, a third party who did me a favor to, you know, get me some cost and quality information and find somebody. But in the care coordinator model, how would someone like me looking for cost and quality information be assisted? That's a really great question. And I'm going to give you like kind of a generic answer. And then I'm going to tell you, it depends too on the point solutions. So we can octane this up. Okay. So let me give you a generic answer. And then I can say, well, now let's go into an higher octane answer. Okay. Okay, And that really is dependent on the employer, right? Because of which point solutions they select and the, and the broker, we look at the data, determine which solutions make sense. So we do deep analytics to determine what's right for them. Right. So let's take the generic answer first. And this is, really funny. Our very first group, we had to kind of crawl, walk, run into this thing to understand how it worked. Our very first group, the people, we were just like, just call this number every time you have a question, right? And they'd be like, what? Come on. You don't do that with a traditional insurance. At one point, this was a municipality. And at one point, the insurance committee, like somebody would say, well, I have this question. They're like, did you call it? Did you make the call? You know, they were, they were to the point where they were going to put bumper stickers, like make the dang call, right? (laughs) Um, Because they realized like they're going to help you, right? Yes. And that's not traditional. So it took forever for people to get this. But for you, you make the call in there and their systems are integrated, 
right? They have single sign-on. So they can actually look at the provider options for you, right? But not only that, but they have cost and quality tools. So for example, if you're, if you're, you can use Healthcare Blue Book or My Health Cost Estimator, these different tools to be able to look at the transparency and cost, mm-hmm. right? To help you make a better decision there, but then yep. also look at the quality indicators. Other, other systems use Quantros. They use different you know, they use different quality metrics to be able to help with the quality aspect too. That's been something that's been missing in the industry for a long time, right? Yep, yep. And that's where you've had other people on your show that have been talking about that, right? Mm-hmm. We can use these point solutions to drive whatever needs to happen now. So it could be that they sit there and say, hey, you know what, go to this doctor, but you can get a second opinion through this point solution, right? If the employer selected that or right, frankly, you actually have a condition. And did you know how often that's misdiagnosed? We could send you to a surgical centers of excellence and make sure that you actually get this done. And that it's not like financially incented by the doctor's side, even right. Right. That it's actually done by a panel and peers. And so that they don't make these decisions in a silo that bought their pockets. And that gets rid of a lot of the misdiagnosis issues that you've been having. So there's a lot of different things that could be different in that situation but you also have a nurse. You have anybody that can needs to be pulled in if you have questions in that pod in real time. It's the easy button, right? Calling, calling the number and reaching out to your pod, your care coordinator. It's the easy button because they're there to take that work off of, off of your plate and really lay out all the information that is, is relevant and, and needed for you to make an informed decision. Yeah, exactly. So it's important also to understand that those point solutions are critical because whatever we're promoting there, but they, they use technology too. And so what a lot of employer groups sometimes are like discredulous, you know, they're, they're like, come on, you're not going to get 61%. Well, we show them after they're on the program, right? We actually show them their own utilization. We have the call center metrics. And so what's beautiful is they're like, well, how are you doing this? We still don't understand. It's kind of like priming a pump at first. Right. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is when we use two things, we're not just using predictive analytics, which everybody else uses. Okay, our real time intercepts, 90 percent of the time are happening by these provider inquiries. Right. And then the beautiful thing is, is that we also add a PCP centric model. Okay, we try to drive them through the PCP because we can actually avoid a lot of wasteful spending. Yep. Um, I'll give you a lot of it. There's great examples out there, but one of them is you go directly to a cardiologist because you went to Google and you thought you have a heart issue, right? right. You spend $4,000 in testing. You go back and they say, good news. We've ruled all this stuff out. It's heartburn. <laughs> you can start all over, right? I just lost so much time, so much money. I'm now mad, right? And I'm like mad at myself too. But the reality is, is a, a PCP knows the difference. Right. Right. And so we can get rid of these wasteful spendings. We actually save the money and time on so many levels. We generally do a copay disparity to make that financially a better decision for them, too. Yep. So yep. there's a lot of things working together here. But those referrals oftentimes from the PCP to the specialist, we're ahead of them even going to a specialist to work with them. Right. Everybody else is waiting until the claim has come in and then they wait till it gets to a third claim threshold and then they decide whether or not their disease management department or their case management department is going to call them. And then by the time they call them, they've already done everything. You said it a number of times, but that is, I, I think, one of the key values is that real-time intercept, right? Getting, Absolutely. Getting to them to be able to direct them and, and maybe help them avoid you know, a lot of unnecessary tests because that tends to be, and I've experienced this with 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 my daughter, the tendency is to 
test and do more tests and do more tests. And unless you have a strong personality and confidence to challenge the physician, what do most people do? Oh my goodness. They just go get the test. They get the test. You know what? This happened with my daughter. My daughter had four surgeries over two years. She actually was duck footed. And when she started playing lacrosse, she actually tore the cartilage in her hips because she would turn her feet in to compete. Ah. And what happened was, is that she had to go and we actually had to crack her feet and she had to move her tibias and everything 40 degrees. Then she had to go through and get her hip surgeries done each hip. Okay. This was the most painful thing I've ever seen a kid go through, oh. right? It was just excruciating as a parent. I watched things in that cycle that just were like, what am I doing? What, what is wrong with healthcare, right? To your point, we went to one doctor and, and, and let me just make the, let me make the imaging point for you. Okay. The imaging point is this, you go to one doctor and the doctor's like, I need an MRI. Of course you do. Runs an MRI. Right. And then you sit there and he's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to chop your daughter up this many ways. Right. And you're like, uh, I think I need a second opinion, opinion. Right. So you go to the second doctor, Michael, what's the first thing they ask for? Another MRI. Another MRI. So I'm in the industry. I'm like, well, can't you use the one that we just did? Isn't radiation bad for my daughter? Right. And they're like, well, I like to use my guy. Okay. When you really pry, right. There's a couple of reasons why one, they might have a financial incentive. Yes. Okay. Two, they might not want to, their, their front office is so busy. They're not going to work to try and go get that other one. It's a matter of cost and, and ease. Right. Yep. And then, and then the third one is, is that, so I said, well, can I go get it? They're like, oh, sure. We'll use it then. Right. So it's like, and, and members don't know to do that. No. The pod does at quantum. They're like, oh yeah, we can help with that. We don't want to pay for another one. We have that in the system. They're having, the, they're helping them navigate that. And they know how to have those conversations. So you can be somebody that doesn't know anything about healthcare and your navigator just helped you avoid an extra $2,000 in expense on, on something, right? Dude. Not only find the lower cost, but actually navigate where they don't have additional cost. Let's get back to, to some statistics about, you know, traditional engagement. You mentioned the number of 5% earlier for, for traditional insurance carriers. I, I think that's probably about right. And sometimes it's even worse. What levels of employee engagement are you seeing across the app to book a business? So here's a couple of statistics that might help you on the real time intercept side of things. Let me give you this stat first, because it shows you the measure of engagement. Okay. On average, 88% of the employees are engaged through real-time intercept. And we're defining that, meaning that 88% of employees are actually engaged with a care coordinator 60 days before the first claims come into the system. Everybody else has been set on this model of wait till the claims come in the system, mm -hmm. do some scrubbing, 30 days later, we'll look at it, and then we'll call you if we need to. Yep. And generally, they're hiding at thresholds. I had one broker, he used to show to sell our product, he used to go in there and say, I'm going to pull up from Blue Cross Blue Shield, your case re management report. They don't even engage you until you're at 50,000 in claims, because the network's going to save you, right? Yeah. There's nothing going on there. Nothing. And so what's ironic is they're waiting until it turns into $50,000 in claims. Then we'll try to get case management involved. That is so wrong on so many levels, right? So that first stat is to think that you're actually getting 95% of members are engaged above $10,000 in claims. Mm -hmm. 88% of those are engaged 60 days before the first $1,000 of claims come in. 
that's unheard of in the industry, right? Huge, huge. So now you have to look at these others and there's reasons for these too. And it's really hard because, you know, it's death by a thousand paper cuts in the insurance industry, right? There's all these different cuts and, and costs. But when you look at these numbers, it's ridiculous. 84% of households are engaged or 61% of members, right? That's unbelievable. 95% again of claims above 10,000, but they have a 200% better engagement with point solutions, they're promoting these point solutions in real time, not in an annual enrollment meeting, right? But then on top of that, they're promoting the preventative care. Preventative care on their right. programs goes up. Oh no, costs are going up, right? They are 14% on average increased in our preventative side, right? Yeah. And then what's interesting is, is that our readmissions are 32% lower than national averages. We do pre-admission calls, right? And this is what would have saved me with my daughter. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. When I went yeah. in with my daughter, I'm, I'm in the industry. I should know this stuff. Right. What I should have known before I went in with my daughter was that I had better get her bed moved from the upstairs to the main floor. Uh, I should have had a wheelchair ramp. Didn't even think about it. Right. I should make sure that her prescription was filled before we left the hospital so that I didn't go through what I had to witness with my daughter getting home and me waiting for, you know, Walgreens to fill her prescription and her screaming in utter pain. When I got back, I felt like the worst, terrible dad on the planet. Right. It's a bad dad day. Yeah. Right. But these are the things that they actually work with upstream. And then what happens is there's a disconnect. The attending physician comes in. The doctor comes in. The nurses tell you all different things and the paperwork doesn't match. OK, these guys are actually working with these guys in concurrent review daily. And then they actually reach out to you after you gotten home and make sure you understand all of this mess. Okay. Wow, that's that's huge. That's so, huge. so so while while you're in the hospital, you know, somebody on the the pod team, you know, probably a nurse, right, reaching out, understanding what's going on, understanding what's been prescribed so that when they get home, because probably what happens is people forget. When you go home, you you, you got to do this 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 and this, right? And so they're proactively reaching out to them, you know, after a hospital admission to be like, "All right, well, this is what your care team has prescribed to you. This is what you need to be doing." Absolutely. You know, there, there's other examples of that on the post-discharge side of it as well. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you a perfect example. I went and had my knee. I, I blew up. I was playing basketball. I blew out my Achilles. I mean, my, I'm sorry, my ACL and my meniscus. I just blew out my knee, right? My ACL was completely torn and everything. I went in and had both of those done, but they actually gave me the discharge paperwork just for the ACL, not the ACL meniscus combo. When I got home, my discharge information and what I was supposed to do for PT was completely wrong. Yeah. Okay. okay. It, they said, get, get weight on it right away. Start moving it. Right. That is exactly the opposite of what I should have done. Right. To have a care coordinator actually working on that and saying, wait a minute, this is what you had. This is what you went in for. And this is the discharge paperwork. Don't do any of that. Right. Yeah. My, my PT guy caught it. Right. They're like, well, this is all wrong. Something's wrong here, right? This is the kind of world we live in. And we forget that we're like, what? We're still dealing with these issues. That's not that long ago, right? Yeah. And so the reality is, is that having a post-discharge environment as well is huge. Okay. It can save, that would have been an absolute tear on my meniscus again. I would have been right in for surgery again. And the hospital would have gotten paid again. They would have gotten paid twice. I think what we're talking about here is just an extraordinary customer experience relative to a, a traditional model today, right? With, with a traditional insurance carrier. What are you doing to track 
consumer experience. Are you guys tracking uh, net promoter score? Absolutely. We don't just track it on the member. We track it on the member, the employer, and we track it on the provider. I don't know of anybody that does that, right? <laughs> Probably um, not the provider, no. <laughs> yeah, they definitely don't want to track all of that, right? It says the position that they're in, right? And here's the deal. They're in the high 70s in most of these categories, okay? You're talking 76 net promoter score on a member experience, 77 on the client, and 74 on the provider. This is better than Ritz-Carlton, on average, right? This is white glove type of environment for a member experience, yep. which is unheard of in our industry. On their worst day, they're giving these kinds of scores out. Are you kidding me? I can understand if you're at Disneyland, you know what I mean? That that's a pretty good day, right? Yep. Um, yep. You can get a better, you know, give a better net promoter score, but on your worst day, you're getting that. That's pretty impressive. Look, most insurance carriers today are probably in the single digits to maybe the teens. So whenever you get a net promoter score above 50, I mean, you're doing something right for yes. sure. Let's talk about the relationship with the TPA because you guys are essentially taking over the customer service portion, you know, um, that a, a TPA would normally uh, provide. So can you talk a little bit about what it takes for you guys to integrate with the TPA and are all TPAs willing to carve out their customer service unit? That's a great question. And it wasn't always that way. Okay. It took a while for this moment, the momentum of this movement to actually make some changes in things, right? The reality is, is that we've actually seen a pretty good size change there. It used to be they would fight because they want to hold on to their case management, their disease management. There's revenue in all of that. Let's be honest, right? Yep. And so they fight us on that. They would fight us on that. And plus they didn't want to do the integrations. They didn't want to have to go through the things that they'd need to do. I think that that's changed, okay? We started with Maritain. This is what Quantum wanted us to start with. We added UMR, so we had the big, you know, big two. We are now at a point where we can do Cigna, we can do UMR, we can, you know, we can do United, we can do Aetna and Maritain. We can use any of those chassis, right? Yep. But then there's a lot of other TPAs out there that are doing unique things. We've just started into the reference-based pricing arena with certain TPAs. That's right. We've, we've expanded into other areas. And so as long as we can get these TPAs to play ball, you know, we have something in every category now. So we really can provide these solutions. Now, we have some rules with Quantum to protect, you know, the integrity of their processes. And so it's not that just you can think of anything and we'll install it for you, right? If it's going to be too hard, if it's going to create too many hardships on the providers or anything that might actually cause a problem with the ecosystem, we have to challenge that. But the reality is, is that we've done some pretty amazing things with uh, with cash pay, with, with reference-based pricing type strategies, with all kinds of different engagement vehicles. It's very much a different paradigm because, you know, traditionally employers and brokers and consultants have really focused on the TPA first, right? And here, what we're talking about is focusing on the consumer experience first and, and how to deliver a better product, right? To your employees. Exactly. Uh, and it's almost like to a certain extent, the TPA is almost secondary, Absolutely. And that's a hard position for them to be in, as you can imagine, right? Yeah. That's taken a while, but then they've finally gotten to the point where they're like, hey, if we can't beat them, let's join them, right? So there's a lot of value there. Let's talk a little bit about financial results. So clearly with an MPS score, you know, at those levels, I mean, this, this is great for employees and their dependents. What are you seeing in your book of business as far as financial results relative to medical inflation, prescription drug inflation? 
this is exciting for us. Quantum as a whole does an annual independent analysis on their book of business, right? Mm -hmm. And so they've actually seen over 18 years, an industry average of a 2.9% compounded annual growth rate, right? As opposed to the industry average of eight and a half. So that's really their thing. Now, understanding that these are larger groups that have already gotten a lot of juice out of the turnip, right? They've already been able to negotiate great PBM arrangements and all these other things, right? So there's maybe not as much juice in there. In our world, we're actually dealing with the mid-market, right? And so we've actually seen much greater results. In fact, we've seen uh, not just on average, we've seen a seven-point reduction first year, Okay. So we're actually seeing, you know, a $630 PPY reduction first year on average. And that grows to almost a 14% by year two. And we've done that with just primarily these, these rough point solutions. We've now added a whole arsenal and litany of new point solutions. That's going to drive that way below where we're at right now. And so medical has gone down that much. RX has gone down as much as 14%. And so we were validated by the Validation Institute as uh, for t- the 2020 winner for care coordination this last year, and they validated our results. And so we've had we've had our own validation. Yeah. So so let's talk about that. Can you can you explain to the audience? You know, what is the Validation Institute? What is the what is the process that you had to go through for them to verify that yes, when Mike Pullman says that we actually you know decreased you know our book of business you know cost by seven percent first year for groups. What, what's the process that uh, you had to go through? with them? So we pulled the data from our groups. We use analytics, as I mentioned, but we pulled that raw data and we actually had an independent actuary review it. They're the ones that looked over particularly the medical trend, right? What we then took is we took the RX components, it's the same data, right? And we provided all of that to the Validation Institute and had to do actually a significant amount of write-ups explaining what we were doing, all of those types of things. They reviewed the results of the independent actuarial information. They reviewed the results of the data. They deemed it all credible. And the Validation Institute, as you you first asked, they're trying to cut through the garbage out there. There's a lot of PowerPoints out there, but there's very few that actually deliver on that, right? Right. And so they're the ones that have the, the room of smart guys that can actually discern between whether or not this is smoke and mirrors or if it's a real thing. And so that's what they do every year. And so the health value awards are given to industry leaders that are actually driving solutions that are actually validated and are, and are working. And so it is a big rubber stamp for us and what we're trying to accomplish. We've spent the majority of, of this uh, discussion focused on care coordination and, and you know, leveraging, licensing the, the quantum model. But you, you mentioned in the beginning that you guys are, are an aggregator and are bringing different point solutions. So do you want to just mention for our audience, you know, any, any other of the main point solutions that you're, you're bringing into your platform that you're really excited about or that are generating good results for your clients? Yeah, so we probably have over a dozen different point solutions that uh, that people generally look to when they install our programs right now. On the engagement side, as we've mentioned, we use the quantum model through APTA. We also, on the prescription side of the engagement side, use uh, NavRx, which is actually an aggregated solution to be able to drive prescription point solutions and engagement. So much like quantum is on the medical side, we use NAV on the, on the pharmaceutical side. On the medical side, if you look at that, there's clinical and there's financial, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So from a clinical side of things, we have second opinions, for example, right? There's no reason why you should have a back surgery right now without getting a second opinion since so many of them are wrong, okay? 
it's it's ridiculous. I mean, the numbers are so bad that when you when you really look at those, I mean, to think of the spinal surgeries, 55% of spinal surgeries misdiagnosed, I would never have a spinal surgery without getting to a centers of excellence for a second opinion, right? Yep. So we can we can do that type of thing on the clinical side, right? We can do with then we can send them to surgical centers of excellence, right? We worked with direct primary care models, right? Or virtual primary care, right? We work with orthobiologics, right? Where you could actually say, hey, don't have your knee done before you check into a stem cell or a PRP, right? There's different things that we can do to make the consumer experience better. Every time you go under the knife, I went under the knife, man, I'll tell you, my knee's never been the same. So those are the clinical side of things. On the financial side of things, everybody's used to these networks or transparency tools, right? Those have become more mainstream. Sure. But what's not mainstream is cash pay. What if I can get you 140% of Medicare by just negotiating cash for that transaction? And what if I shared the savings with your participant? So they were financially incented too to consider that option. We just avoided the network. If the network was coming in at 300% of Medicare and we just got you 140, there's more than enough savings for everybody to split, right? And so Absolutely. we use the cash pay model. We can also use that with these bundled payments models. Everybody's like, hey, I'll pre-negotiate these. So we can actually insert all of those. Reference-based pricing, I meant. We're running a pilot on fraud, waste, and abuse stuff right now. The numbers are staggering for me, quite frankly, but we're setting up these trust accounts right now where we actually are going to get money back for the employer groups that these these are egregious billing errors and these oh, kinds yeah. of things. We're putting that money aside for them and we're going to give it back to them just like an RX rebate, right? It's just amazing what we're seeing. And then there's the whole prescription side. Yeah, and I, and, and I love that. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the, the pilot that you're doing fraud, waste, and abuse, I think that was somebody that I just interviewed on my podcast not too long ago, Claim right. Informatics, correct? Yep, yep. We're, we're doing it with one of the largest TPAs in the country, and we're doing it with a pretty significant sample size, but we will have the results of that towards the end of this year. We're already seeing the results. I mean, I know what the data represents, but we're into collections mode now. So yeah. I'll be able to report on that, and we'll be able to get the money back to the employer groups. And it's really changing things. I mean, it, it opens your eyes at levels that you're like, wow, there's a lot broken with this system. Oh, yeah. And and this is way beyond just care coordination and navigation, right? We're talking yep. about all the, the hardware underneath it to make this all happen. The other thing I would just say is that on the prescription side of things, mm-hmm. we're focused on pharmacogenomics. Mm-hmm. So we're identifying individuals that might be taking a med and they don't even realize it could kill their liver, right? We want any black label warning drugs to give them an opportunity to say, hey, you might be a hyper metabolizer of that based on your DNA. We want to be able to offer those tests. We have data that identifies those individuals and we can engage them if they choose. We can do specialty carve outs. We can do alternative funding where they're paying for drugs they don't need to. There's other programs that can pay for those. Yep. We can do, you know, patient assistance, copay assistance. We can do drug importation, pharmacy tourism, and then our traditional one that we've been doing for two years now, three years now, which is just taking higher cost drugs to lower cost drugs, working with your doctor directly. So we do all those engagement components on the prescription side as well with any PBM. While we focus on care coordination, you know, you guys really do a lot of other cool things. And you, I mean, you're integrating a number of point solutions we've, we've had on this podcast you know, into the plan. So, you know, I think there's, to your point earlier, um, there's a much greater possibility uh, for a, a lot of savings above and beyond kind of what you can expect with care coordination. 
Yep, absolutely. And that's why I say we're not just APTA. <laughs> yep. We're not just quantum, right? That's right. That's right. So we haven't talked about fee structure. So, you know, what is the fee structure for, for somebody to work with APTA? Is it PMPM, PPM? How does it work? Yeah, so we actually have a, a greatly discounted PMPM from Quantum. We convert that to a PEPM for mm-hmm. billing purposes, right? And so we work off of that on the Quantum fees. Our fees are just on a flat PPM. Perfect. So we actually build those in, make it transparent. We want everybody to know what we're doing there. There are some NavRx fees for the analytics components of that, and then they can decide what they want to put on the t- on top of that. So there's additional fees for point solutions that, th- that we present to them, but we've got aggregate negotiated arrangements with. But um, it's really straightforward, and the brokers, the, our broker partners can put whatever fees they want in there. Because this is such a different model, when you guys are presenting this to to a, you know an employer for the first time, what are some of the obstacles you've had to an employer you know saying yes to moving forward with this model versus maybe a traditional model? Ironically, the employers actually say yes more often than oftentimes the brokers do. I mean, I'll just be real about that. That it's hard for them to stomach. They're used to spreadsheeting. One of the biggest concerns to overcome is cost, right? Mm-hmm. You do get what you pay for. So, I mean, the cost of Quantum's care coordination is is almost equal to many of the admin fees you'd see normally for the medical, the TPA side of things. And it's because they're doing that heavy of a lift. 5% to 61% doesn't just happen, right? right? It takes a heavy, heavy lift to do that. And so they earn their keep, but they also, we do value hypos to help show where those savings come in. And we reflect that on your traditional claims experience. It's hard for people to get over the cost component sometimes. It's probably one of the biggest issues. Yeah. There's other issues that, uh, that sometimes exist in just securing stop loss and getting used to self-funding and some of those types of things if they're fully insured. but Primarily, the employer groups are, we, we see more often than not where they say, where have you been? have been waiting for this, right? You're, are you serious? And the people that adopt it, it's, it's interesting because it blends the CFO personality that wants the numbers, right? And it blends the HR person that wants the member experience. And so you bring that together and they, they've kind of like have usually historically fought each other. They kind of come together and hug each other and say, this is great. Let's do this. Yeah, certainly. I think the the cost can be an obstacle, but it, you know, this is um, you know spreadsheeting you guys against another TPA. That's that's not going to capture the value of what you guys are bringing to the table. Not even close. So, Mike, we've talked about a lot. If there was one question that I should have asked you but I didn't uh, in this interview, what would it be? Where we're going, man. <laughs> All right. Where we're going. going. We've got so many things that we're working on. I mean, I mentioned it, I've always got something that I'm working on, right? You you get that. You're doing the same thing, right? There's so many different point solutions, but we're working on analytics at such a level that we're going to allow in a point-click fashion to allow people to build these programs, to be able to really look from an analytics perspective as to what these solutions could really model out for them. We're integrating things at such a deep level that uh, we're going to be able to have incredible data. We're going to house all the data. We're going to be able to do incredible analytics and we're going to be able to do point and click type of stuff that is really going to make healthcare demystified and easy. When we put all of this together, we believe we can float it out there and we can now empower brokers and employer groups to be able to make easy decisions that historically there were so many barriers to entry, so many roadblocks, it wouldn't let them do it. And we're going to we're going to just float it out there and let them have it so that they can actually watch their costs drop, get rid of these taxes that are just killing them that are coming through their health expenses. We're just super excited about it. I love it. I'm, I'm excited. I'm a data guy. So uh, that, that gets that gets me pumped up. 
how can people listening to this interview and, and who are interested in, in app to health where can they go to, to learn more information? Obviously, they go to apptohealth.com. We can get you in touch with uh, anybody there. You know, you can always get in touch with us there. We work off of a couple of different names. Novo Benefits is another one. If you're not using a care coordination chassis, there's other solutions that we build. And then NavRx is another one. But any of those are, you can find us. Look me up, Mike Pullman on LinkedIn. You're going to find all those different entities and, and we're easily findable. But uh, got a great sales force, got a great team. We'd be happy to help you. Awesome. I can, I can vouch for the great team. You got a bunch of great people working for you. With that, on behalf of our listeners and myself, I want to thank you, Mike, for, for joining us today um, and taking time out of your busy schedule. A lot of fun and, uh, and certainly informational. Thank you, Michael. Really appreciate it. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. And with that, we'll sign off wherever you're at. We hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. If you liked what you heard here, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you're interested in continuing the conversation, please visit us at www.reconstructinghealthcare.com where you can access the show notes for this episode and links to Apta Health's website and contact information. Lastly, if you're enjoying the content on the show, please take five seconds today, open up the podcast app on your phone, and let us know what you think with a review. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Reconstructing Healthcare Podcast.